Hey fam, what's up? This is Fades. I want to thank all y'all for coming in and listening to me. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. And thank you. You can reach me at Phase 380 or you can come and join me at anchor.fm slash phase 5. That's where you can join my little rendezvous in a thought or process as we ride down the road to the world of destruction. Come in and join me. If you got a comment, you can post it at the bottom. You got a voice that you want to be heard, just send it to my Instagram. Phase 380. Everybody do their part and the world can be a better place. I ain't here for no drama. I ain't here for no problems. I ain't here for no static. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. And I'm here to learn. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm just trying to make it. And I'm an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm a island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. These streets keep calling me. They don't want me to leave the life behind. Staring at the stars, wishing I had the time. But my kids need food and my girl needs me. Sometimes I dream that I'm finally free So baby, don't play me, I ain't no toy I'm a prisoner here, but I still make noise And I'm a shout that I'm loud with all my voice I'm a street kid now, but one day I'll be an island boy I'm just trying to make it, I'm an island boy Island boy, I'm an island boy Thursday. We're almost there. Let's get to it. Israeli airstrikes killed 10 Lebanese civilians in a single day. Hezbollah has vowed to retaliate. More Israeli strikes were reported in South Lebanon on Thursday, and Lebanon's caretaker prime minister condemned the escalation. Japan loses its crown as the world's third largest economy after it slips into a recession. Japan has been eclipsed by Germany as the world's third biggest economy. Their gross domestic product stood at 4.2 trillion compared to 4.5 trillion for Germany. The United States sanctions Iran's central bank subsidiary for U.S. tech procurement and violating export rules. Treasurer's Office of Foreign Asset Control said the procurement network transferred U.S. technology for use by Iran's central bank in violation of U.S. export restrictions. Officials say five people were killed and 18 injured by a missile strike in the Russian city of Belgorod. It's being reported that five of the 18 injured were children and 15 of the 18 have been hospitalized. U.S. retail sales tumbled 0.8% in January, much more than expected. A decrease had been expected. Economists surveyed by the Dow Jones were looking for a drop of 0.3%. George Soros Fund is poised to take control of the nation's second largest chain of radio stations. 
George Soros is poised to take a massive stake in the nation's second largest radio company, which owns more than 220 stations nationwide, according to court filings and sources close to the situation. That's it for now. The 5th of March was, as usual, commemorated as the day Britain officially abolished its slave trade in 1807. But how many recall that Arab slavers were the first and last in modern times to ship millions of Africans out of the continent as slaves? The Arab history of anti-black racism predates European anti-black racism by several centuries. The early Islamic empire exhibited all the characteristics of anti-black racism, and blacks suffered the lowest form of bondage. Europeans took photographs of chained black African slaves in Arab slave trading vessels on the east coast of Africa in the 1880s. Slavery persisted openly in Saudi Arabia and other Muslim countries in the latter half of the 20th century, 100 years after slavery was abolished in the United States. As late as the 1960s, African Muslims still sold slaves when they arrived on pilgrimages as a way to finance their pilgrimages. Arab nations lagged far behind the rest of the world in abolishing slavery. Saudi Arabia and Yemen in 1962, United Arab Emirates in 1963, Oman in 1970. However, unlike the rest of the Arab nations, hereditary racial slavery persists in Mauritania, despite multiple official attempts to abolish it. In 1981, by presidential decree, Mauritania became the last country in the world to abolish slavery, but no criminal laws were passed to enforce the ban. Under international pressure in 2007, the Mauritanian government passed a law allowing slaveholders to be persecuted. However, that law has rarely been enforced. Slavery Far more is still than the handful of Mauritanian white masters. In addition, slavers are offered compensation for freeing the enslaved, while the victims of the brutality are offered nothing. In 2015, under international and some domestic mobilization pressure, the Mauritanian government created three special courts to prosecute slavery, but so far they have only tried very few cases. However, that's just not all about this oddly unique sect of slavers. The Arab slavers at some point in history, driven outrageously by their odd ambition for economic power and human control, had their African male captives subjected to unimaginable suffering and exploitation. Castration. Yes, you heard correctly. Now it is of utmost importance to note that what you are about to hear might seem like comparing which, between two evils, is better. It does not detract from the fact that the trade in human beings was unspeakably hideous. In the Americas, slaves were allowed to marry, though their children could be sold off like puppies right before their eyes. But what happened to the blacks enslaved by the Arabs? Arabs castrated African slaves. Thus, they could not reproduce their kinds to multiply and replenish the earth. Welcome to yet another video segment. In this video, we are taking a dive at one of the darkest chapters in the human history, marked by its profound brutality and stomach-twisting inhumanity, the Arab slave trade and the castration of their male captives during this dark era. Thanks. Before we get... See, fam. Now, you hear the other side of what the Arabs did to the Africans. Castorade, and they did the same thing to us as as the Caucasian man did to our forefathers. And y'all hear all this history and, and y'all hear that the Arabs, how the Arabs feel about um, dark-skinned Africans. You know, and um, we see this. 
And we got a lot of people in America is diehardin' for another different type of people who destroyed your people, who castrated your people, and continue to feel the same way as their ancestors did for your people. These are the people in the Bible that the Most High said, you know, when we came into our captivity, they rejoiced. And this is why they are going through the same thing, these, these trauma episodes now, because of what they did and continue doing to our people. And I ask myself, I ask myself, fam, why? Why is the Caucasian non-pigmentation man, the Caucasian non-pigmentation woman, so mad at people of hue? Or the Arabs, the Arabs, the Arabs, the Muslims, why they hate us? Why they do the things that they do? Maybe this is why. Let's analyze. Truth regarding the genetic differences between blacks and whites. At the core of the human brain is the locus coeruleus, which is a structure that is black because it contains large amounts of neuromelanin, which is essential for its operation. Two, black infants sit, crawl, and walk sooner than whites. Three, Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin, that same chemical which gives blacks their superior physical and mental abilities. Four, some scientists have revealed that most whites are unable to produce melanin because their pineal glands are often calcified or non-functioning. Pineal calcification rates with Africans are 5 to 15 percent, Asians 15 to 25 percent, and Europeans 60 to 80 percent. This is the chemical basis for the cultural differences between blacks and whites. And five, melanin endows blacks with greater mental, physical, and spiritual abilities, something which cannot be measured based on Eurocentric standards. See, this is why I don't understand our, our people in America. The non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman know you the Superman of this world. They feed y'all with a lot of kryptonite to elevate themselves. That's why they always have to go to malicious war killing and all that because they're not capable of doing it. And we sit back inside and, and, and run with their crafty counsel knowing we Superman. I don't understand that either. That's why I always say knowledge is the key. Knowledge of yourself can take you a long way, but we don't want that. We don't want the knowledge of ourselves. We want to continue thinking the non-pigmentation man and the non-melanated woman is Superman. And we're the Superman of this world. You heard the statistics. You heard the foundation. You heard the words that was coming out of his mouth describing the difference between black, Asian, and white. Now, if I'm a 
No, I'm pig, if I'm if I'm a pigmentation man, dark skinned black man, dark skinned black woman, right? A melanated. And I hear this. Why are y'all afraid of the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman? If you Superman and they less than Superman. Because all they all they had got us on, you had to really is crafty counsel and deceivable malice war and deception. And that's how that that if if I if you're not stronger or smarter or wiser than the people, what do you have to do next? That's why all the Caucasian people had to come together as one nation and oppress all of us like the way they did. They can't win no war without us. Can you hear that? That's why I tell the black man and the black woman, the Latino man and the Latino woman, the American Caucasian man cannot wear, win a war by themselves. Their mindset is different. Their body structure are different. They can't handle it. That's why they always try to have their self on top so they can look good. It ain't no fair shot. It's never going to be a fair shot. Just like that San Francisco, um, the San Francisco head coach go fire the black defensive coach his first year and they went to the Super Bowl and he talking about he's not the man for the job. His first year didn't give him an opportunity. We never get an opportunity. That's why I feel a certain type of way about sports with the Caucasian non-pigmentation man and woman. Because it's no, it's no, it's no value in it. It's no ethics in it. It's no morality in it. All they are doing is manipulating, using us, and then we still sitting up here scratching our head and scratching our butt, wondering what what happened. And we got, and we got so many. And, and the thing is, y'all. We got so much. We got so many. Y'all, y'all, your brothers and sisters. We got so many molested minded man and molested minded woman molested by the Caucasian non-pigmentation man and molested by the Caucasian non-pigmentation woman. Their ideology, the way they think, the way they do things, the way they say things, and the way they move. We try to move with them, but they so wicked that they move in, in wickedness. And we're not built like that, and we continue try to roll with the wickedness, but we rolling with wickedness so we get caught up and get locked up while they sit back and continue doing it. And then you want to get mad because somebody see this. Somebody talks about this. And we got so many handkerchiefs. Handkerchiefs. That's why one thing I want all black men and black women to know. 
We got so many handkerchief Negroes that look like us. It's pitiful, man. We got so many black men who mind is so molested, molested by the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman, and they don't even realize. You could be a black man, a police officer, two of five white cops. They see, and, and, and the suspect is a black man. They see these white cops being all rowdy with this black man and they don't say nothing about it. That's handkerchief Negro. They sit up there and, and lock him up and go with the fight with somebody that looked like him. But they don't do that when it's with the Caucasian man. See, that's why their minds are molested. And we got a lot of people mind is molested because you know, they slow. They simple. And they don't know no better. So, you know, when they follow through on one of these those categories, you got to scratch your head. These are the type of people we need to really watch out for. We need to watch out for these molested-minded handkerchief Negroes molested-minded handkerchief Latinos and the rest of these handkerchief trying to be be like somebody that they ain't. I'm a I'm a black I'm a black man right aka black man he's a white man aka Caucasian right and um, I'm trying to move like him but if what we said, how I'm going to move like him if this, what this dude said is our frequency is much, 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 much higher than him. So we downgrade, we download on something on, 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 on what we're going to call outdated material. We downloaded on outdated material. But we want to go back to the outdated material instead of going to the high, instead of being Superman and Superwoman of the nation. We'll turn our back on our brothers. We'll turn our backs on our sisters. But we are hug and kiss and love the Caucasian man and the non-pigmentation woman. We'll love them. And the Willie Lynch letter. Love the white man with all your heart. All your might. Love only. Trust only. In the white man. And that's what they do man. And if y'all can't see that. Or y'all don't feel a certain type of way about that. Then your mind is molested. How I'm gonna how I'm gonna fight for how I'm gonna fight for somebody who ain't the, who gonna fight for me? Well, I'm gonna go hard for somebody who's not going hard for me. Well, I'm gonna care about somebody if they don't even care about me. Well, I'm going to 
follow somebody's policy and narrative and the narrative and the policy is not for me but against me and we look at these laws that they had then and some of these laws that they have now who majority of these little laws are about black man and black woman we get the news time a brother say something they say all these little hypocritical things in the news about us but when it comes to somebody look like them, they want to pacify it. How many times you seen that? See, young fella, y'all haven't y'all haven't swam in y'all haven't swam in a lake too long. Y'all haven't been in a lake too long to swim in it to understand when you're swimming in things and different how different different things roll. And then you got you got. Your mama, your daddy, your teacher, your homeboy, your uncle, and your auntie talking about. All you got to do is go hard. And now you look at all these basketball players, all these athletes out here going hard, right? They went hard. Now they, they where they want, right? They got the bad. They got all the good. They got the publicity. Everything that they dreamed of. But one thing, they're not their own man. Somebody got them by the ball. They can't speak on, they can't speak about habits that habits of their people, or they be chastised. And then, when they get the money, half, half of them when they retire, they money funny. They money ain't like it was when they used to have. So they really ain't got nothing. All they was is just a spot for a person to make billions and billions of dollars. And then they take and they get something. You get a couple of them dollars, a little fetal. And then after a while, you getting the fetal back to them. And you end up, you know... Almost, almost common. But any day, they could take it away from you. Look at Bill Cosby. So don't think that that that's what happened to him, right? But now, now you see them. You see all these athletes and all them. They ain't got nothing to, to do or whatever. All they got is. All they got is um, advertising on the podcast, uh, speaking on ESPN. You know the things that they see us. Let they let, let us allow us to see. But half of them ain't even got the mindset they would get back to their own community. They get a Red Cross, Blue Shield, and all these other Caucasian. Networks of money flow, but they never made a big foundation only for for the 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 the, the children of reparation of America. You know they have they don't want to do that. It's all about how how they plant their mind up. Well, you go to college, right? Get you you can go to college. You can get your scholarship. 
Then if you go to the pros and be good, you can get out of the hood. You can help your parents get out. You can feed your parents and all that and all your friends. Oh, that sounds good, right? When you're young, you want to get all of them. You want to feed your mom, your mom, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your cousin, your friends, your nephew, everybody. But when you do that, you end up broke. When you don't do that, you end up being a bad person. You know, and they don't even try to side you with that. Y'all ain't even try to throw nothing back to make a hustle while you making a hustle. They don't got the mindset like that. Only thing they got the mindset is getting out there playing and being a team, being a team for a college or a pro of an organization that you got money and did your little career on. And at the end of the day, them people ain't studying. When you're a football player, you don't play X amount of years, and then you retire for X amount of years, and you don't put your blood sweat, broke your leg, hurt, ribs, and all that, then they want to cut you off from your insurance. See, these are the mindset that they do, and us as black men and black women, we want to be a part of that, that foundation because everybody moving like crabs. If he go move, we got another dude. Instead of, you know, putting a, put some money together like Kobe was gonna do and make him a team. They ain't the mindset because they ain't got the business mentality. All that, they ain't even got the, the, the balance in the spiritual move. Their moves are all kernel. Their moves ain't all spiritual, it's kernel. Because if their minds, the moves was all spiritual and kernel, if their minds were spiritual other than kernel, then you'll see the, the recipient of the spirituality that's coming out to make everything manifest. They don't do that. Much is given, much is required. Much is given, much is received. But they, because I give such and such to Uncle Aunt, and I give such and such to mama and daddy, or I give such and such to brother and brother, that don't, that that ain't nothing. Give to somebody you don't know that's really trying to do something for it. They ain't gonna do it, but they'll be accountable for it. They'll be accountable for everything that they did when the Most High put them in a way to be able to help their people. Most of I did help my people. I did help my people. United Way is not helping your people. Giving to some old Caucasian man foundation is not helping your people. Giving it to some old slick willy that out for itself is not for your people. We don't want to accept that. We don't want to acknowledge that. All we want is to be recognized, feel like we're powerful, feel like we got the bag and feel like we better than we better than everybody because the people like basketballs and football players they got the swag that they better than the, the common man and common woman but they ain't better than the Caucasian man and status because that's what they want to be like because their mind been molested in the way that their mindset is like that they don't want to 
They don't want to acknowledge that. James 4 and 4 say, if you love the most high, either you love the most high and hate the world or love the world and hate the most high. Why is that? We don't want to accept that. We love the more, we think we love the most high, but we have asked acknowledging him. How you gonna love somebody and you have asked acknowledging him? How, how you gonna how you gonna say you love the most high and you're not doing what is required? How you gonna say that the most high is in your corner and you ain't even doing nothing to elevate your spirituality? How can somebody be in your corner and you're not elevating your spirituality, but these dudes in the book studying and doing all this hard studying and all that, you you on the same you on the same playing field as them. I don't understand that neither. I don't understand. I understand. I understand the way we think. Because our mindset is molested. I know the way we feel because our feeling, feeling since been molested. So I already know all that. I see that. We can't even love each other because we don't even know how to do that. Law to, to love something is to be taught. Love is to be taught. And one interesting thing I was hearing, hearing from, um, I was getting contest. And, and this girl was talking to her grandmother about a man. She was talking about, uh, trying to ask her grandmother about telling her um, son about women. And she said, if you want to know about the woman that you're dealing with, go look at her mother. Right? So that to be said is, if we're not, if we're supposed to be taught by the our mothers because they, they're naturally supposed to be the, the nourishment and the teacher, of morals and values, not wicked and wicked and, and, and this and that. But we don't want to, we don't even want to, we don't want to, we want to feel when uncomfortable come in our face, we start to run. Nobody likes to feel uncomfortable and then they feel a certain type of way and they feel it. Why is uncomfortable so hard if uncomfortable gonna get you from allowing the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman need to continue being on your neck. Why is that so hard? We see this, so why is it so hard? Our minds been molested. The way we move is within a lower frequency because we moving at a low frequency According to what my man said, right? Because he said, "I'm uh, our pigmentation bring a whole give us 
a lot more powerful things to do than the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. But we choose to follow their ideology. We, we choose to be afraid of them. It is a reason. <clears throat> it is a reason why the non-pigmentation woman and the non-pigmentation man don't have pigmentation. Why, if you ask yourself that, what reason is that the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman have no melanin? And then you look at their history. And can the, your history tell you why they don't have no melanin? Boss T, let's get it. Have you ever been hungry and can't eat? Have you ever been thirsty and can't drink? Have you ever been tired and can't sleep? What would you do if you knew you were all three? I've been down and now when nobody cares. Rain falls down, you ain't got no choice but wet. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's a hard life, it's alright, gotta get back up somehow, don't count me out. Hard life, it's alright, gotta get back up somehow, don't count me out. Hard life, it's alright, nigga get back up, you gotta fight. Boss T. That's why, that's why I keep telling you, fam, we under this illusion because if I know that you're stronger and smarter than me, and if I know that the things you do, I can never do, I wish I could do, and if I'm trying to conquer you, then how in which ways can I conquer you? When the colonizers came to Africa, we didn't have the issue of color. Black and white did not exist in our languages. We were Africans. The missionaries were sent in with specific instructions to make the Africans believe that everything African was bad and everything European was better and more desirable. They put in motion a process of making us dislike that which was ours and go out all out to embrace what the new invader was bringing to our beloved continent. I have to give it to them. They did a very good job at doing that. They hit us where it hurt the most, the mind. The missionaries taught us about white angels. The missionaries taught us about the devil who was black. The missionaries are white like the angels. And that when we go to church, we must worship the white angels. And definitely want nothing to do with the black devil who looks like us. Subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging. That's where we began the self-hate. The mistrust of each other. The lack of appreciation. An idea that is coming from your brother.
an idea that is coming from your sister. Because the colonizers came to Africa. See, you heard her say when the colonizer came to Africa. Who is they calling the colonizer? These are the mindsets we got to really realize and see, fam. How they rolling, how they put us in a trick hat and all this other stuff. How they got us fighting amongst each other while they steal our riches. And they sitting up there laughing and giggling. So we, so if we see people like that and we hear how they flowing and how they move, why are we invested our way? And people don't even like this. People don't even like the truth. The Caucasian man and the Caucasian woman probably will never listen to my podcast because they don't like the truth because the truth is the truth and the truth stab you in your heart and then the truth got a consequence and they don't want to fear they don't want to hear the consequence because they fear they know what's going to happen all these crafty councils that they went on and separated us and did this to us and continue doing this now the black man in America he dumb as hell. The black woman in America is dumb as hell. The Latino man in America is dumb as hell. The Latino woman in America is dumb as hell. The Native Indian man is dumb as hell. The Native Indian woman is dumb as hell. That's the mindset of the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. How you know, Faith? How you know? There you go, Faith. How you know? Look at the history and see what they did to our people. That's how I know. And then you listen to what she said, and she from Africa, and she telling you how they came in and how they destroyed the people's minds. And that's why our minds are destroyed. And if my man said, Tucker said, that the statistic that we... Uh, we are we are stronger, we are wiser, we are smarter, and everything. See, the, the crafty council is, they put out, we all the same. How is always the same as, uh, if our DNA is Superman and the Caucasian man is not? How is that? See, that's the mindset they use on wordplay. We are not the same. All of us have different blood types. If we was all the same, would we have the same blood type? That's the mindset that they don't, that people don't even use. If we all the same, we all have a hair, afro. Oh, we all the same, but we got different quality. Now, if we all the same and we got different qualities, how is that? That's like. Yin yang, right? It's it is I can't see that. Explain that to me. We are the same, but we got different features. We are the same, mean we are the same. We are the same. Okay, see, I don't see all that stuff is just wordplay, and then you got to keep on eating on the bone off of it. So the thing is, we are not the same. The Most High made, according to the Most High, He made His people to rule the world and, and over all nations.
according to what scripture said. Above all people on the face of this world, he said. So if we better than all people on the face of this world, that means why did he say we better? Because we got different techniques. We got different moves. We got a different way of thinking. The only reason that white people in the United States or anywhere we are in Europe, in Africa, in Australia, in Israel, wherever we are, we are the colonizers. We are the colonizers and we live off the expense of the assault, Europe's assault on Africa, the kidnapping of African human beings, the trafficking, the, all of these things that we hear today, this is where it came from. Hundreds of years of assaulting and stealing everything that African people and Africa as a continent had and putting it into the hands of white people. And so this is why, as the chairman has said, the true class struggle, the true working class in the world is the African and colonized working class, yes. not white people, because all white people, and you know this is true, you and I know this is true, by just living our lives and seeing it, all white people sit on the pedestal on the backs of African and indigenous people. And, you know, the, the statistics are that even poor white people have an easier ability in a crisis. The only Isn't it some real gaslighting to enslave people and then create the stereotype that they're lazy? How you come up with that? Some of the people who built the nation, that's the lazy people. And we have been so brainwashed, we believe we have to convince people it's not true by being so busy, by being so busy, by grinding, by hustling, by showing up for everything, signing up for everything. The scenes, the American dream Ain't nothing but another calculated scheme To get us locked up Shot off the back and chain To deny us of the future Rob our name You kept my history a mystery But now I see The American dream wasn't meant for me Cause Lady Liberty's a hypocrite She lied to me Promised you freedom, education, and equality She never gave me Nothing but slavery So now look at how dangerous you made Calling me a madman Because I'm strong and bold With this dump of knowledge of the lies you told Promise me emancipation In this Nation. All you ever gave my people was starvation. Fathers of his country never cared for me. They kept my ancestors shackled up in slavery. And Uncle Sam never did a damn thing for me. Said lie about the facts in my history. In 2024, we are no longer reacting. We're moving on with ease and grace. We're no longer adjusting our boundaries to accommodate their disrespect. We're staying in safe places, safe spaces where we are appreciated and where we can flourish and thrive. In 2024, we are no longer staying small so we can fit in, abandoning ourselves as a people-pleasing tendencies just to what? Have people around us that we don't like? Is it worth it? Certainly not. In I was wondering about our yesterdays and digging through the rubble. And to say the least, somebody went to a hell of a lot of trouble to make sure that when we looked things up, we wouldn't fare too well. And we would come up with totally unreliable pictures of ourselves. 
But I've compiled what few facts I could, I mean, such as they are, to see if we could find out a little bit of something. And this is what I got so far. First, white folks discovered Africa. They claimed it fair and square. Cecil Rhodes couldn't have been robbing nobody because hell, there wasn't nobody there. The white folks brought all the civilization because there wasn't none around. How could the folks be civilized when wasn't nobody writing nothing down? And just to prove all of their suspicions, well, didn't take too long. They found out that there were whole tribes of people in plain sight running around with no clothes on. That's right. The men, the women, the young and the old righteous folks covered their eyes. And no time was spent considering the environment. Hell no, this just wasn't civilized. And another piece of information they had, or at least this is what we were taught, is that unlike the civilized people of Europe, these tribal units actually fought. And yes, there were some crude implements, and yes, there was primitive art, and yes, they were masters of hunting and fishing, and courtesy came from the heart. And yes, there was love and medicine, religion, intertribal communication by drum, but no paper, no pencils, and no other utensils. And hell, these folks never even heard of a gun. And this is why the colonies came, to stabilize the land. Because the dark continent had copper and gold, and the discoverers had themselves a plan. They would discover all the places with promise. You didn't need no titles and deeds. Then they would appoint people to make everything legal, to sanction the trickery and greed. And back in the jungle, when the natives got restless, they would call it guerrilla attack. And they would never describe that the folks finally got wise and decided that they would fight back. And still, we are victims of word games. Semantics is always a bitch. Places once referred to as underdeveloped are now called mineral rich. And the game goes on eternally. Unity kept just beyond reach. Egypt and Libya used to be in Africa. They've now been moved to the Middle East. There are examples galore, I assure you. But if interpreting were left up to me, I'd be sure every time folks knew this version wasn't mine, which is why it is called his story. I'm going to try to do this in two minutes and 20 seconds so I don't have to do two parts. Somehow, the governor of New York found $183 million to give to the victims and beneficiaries of Holocaust victims. This is your reminder that the Holocaust did not occur on American soil. However, they found $183 million to give to the victims and the beneficiaries. Walk with me through history for a moment. On Juneteenth of 2019, the House Judiciary Committee held a hearing on slavery and reparations. See that man right there? That is Mike Johnson from Louisiana. He was a House Congress representative. Do you know he is now the seated speaker of the, the House who holds the power of the purse in this country? This man fought tooth and nail against the case for reparations in 2019. It is on video. The hearing is three hours and 19 minutes long. Watch it. Because he and people like Candace Owens were fighting tooth and nail to say that black people do not deserve reparations. Because it is unconstitutional. Even citing his adopted black son as a reason for it. Now back to the governor and what they did in New York. They, meaning the Department of Financial Services, Holocaust Claims Processing Office. They have a whole office for Holocaust Claims. They assist Holocaust victims with their heirs recover stolen assets and they have helped secure and return over 183 million in compensations to victims and their heirs for bank 
insurance, and other material losses. Additionally, through the initiative, the Department of Financial Services has facilitated settlements involving over 250 cultural objects since its inception in 1997. They have been doing this since 1997. Again, the Holocaust did not occur here. However, since 1997, they have put this initiative together and as a collective have found $183 million, which means they structurally put something together to ensure that they can be compensated for a loss that occurred in another country that did not occur in ours to get reparation. At what point will y'all stop playing in our faces? Because this is ridiculous. There's a book called The Delectable Negro that documents the cannibalizing of black people, especially during slavery. It talks about how in white European culture, the white supremacist culture, that they've always had this thing about literally consuming black people, black flesh. During slavery, when they had the big rebellion with Nat Turner, he was cannibalized after they killed him. They ate him. Um, during a lot of lynchings, they would cook and barbecue people and they would actually eat the people that they would lynch. So this was something that was a part of the white supremacist culture, consuming us literally. Because they know you are what you eat. So if a white man eat you or eat me, he believes that he becomes us. And I know it's strange because I conquered them, but I'm going to devour what I've conquered. I mean, a lot of the mummies that was taken out of Africa was taken to Europe and sold, and, and they used it as medicine, and they used it as aphrodisiacs. They ate our dead people's bodies. Um, and cannibalizing us is nothing new. That whole concept of cannibalism comes from Europe. You don't find any instances of cannibalism in Africa or Asia. The culinary industry eating children has always been famous with them. That's why people eat eggs. Egg is the fetus of a, of a chicken, unborn chicken. You eat it. That's why they use eat lambs, unborn lambs, tender meat, and all that sort of stuff. They've always went after the children, in animals and in people. This is part of the European culture. Yes, they do it. They do that right now. Uh, those are considered delicacy among certain high groups of Caucasians uh, to eat the black man's heart or his brain. All of those were designed to try to get your strength any kind of way they could. So they felt if they ate your heart or they ate your brain, that they would be able to gain your strength in that way. Listen, we're living in a country right now where 44 of the 50 states still allow the eating of cats and dogs. People don't this book called the See y'all, <clears throat> y'all hear this, right? I want y'all to hear this, y'all heard it. Now, that was, they was discussing that in history. But she said they doing now. Now, if they was eating people in history, and now they talking about eating the, the, the fetus of an egg, the lamb, and all that other stuff, what makes you think they're not killing our children that they said almost a, uh, a million children is gone a year? What makes you think they're not eating our children like that? going out here stealing people's children going out eating them and stuff like that. If they was doing this back then and never got dealt with it, what makes you think that the cycle is not manifested to this day? Why? See, these are the things that we need to think about. These are the things that 
we know you already seen about the high vibration and how they want to be in the same vibration we are, but they can't. That's the dealing of what the Most High allowed them to be. But we're not getting that. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing these people for who they are really are. This is why Europeans appropriate. They had no other choice. It's a learned behavior. For the longest time, Europe was very, 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 very backwater. Think about it. British people eat beans as a staple food. No fancy people eat beans. African people took over Spain for a brief period. Bet you didn't know that. They started doing these things called showering. Europeans are like, what are y'all doing? Africans are like, what are y'all not doing? The Queen of Spain said, uh, I've only taken a shower twice in my life. She famously bragged about it. African people said, that's why you got the plague mama. She said, what? It spread to the rest of Europe and they stopped getting sick so often. They went down to the Middle East during the Crusades with pitchforks. They started looking at the architects and they're like, golly, look at all these, y'all got all this? So they got medicine, they got agriculture. So they started rising up. They went to India, saw Indian people with crowns, jewels, jewelry. All the jewels on the crown to this day, I believe, uh, are Indian jewels. Britain was the worst of them all in terms of backwater nests. They literally just stole everything from India. India would not even allow them in. They allowed other countries to trade, but they're like, England, you guys are way too poor. Y'all gotta stay outside. So eventually they were able to get in and they started destabilizing the country from the inside. So people started learning about destabilization. They're like, yo, this stuff really works. Pit people against each other. We can do this. And so they started stealing money and stealing money, stealing money, crowns and all that. And England became the power it is today. They quite literally had to steal to survive. Think about a small country, like let's say France or such. If they don't colonize other countries and take their resources they have actually nothing that's why colonialism became so popular it was a necessity in the u.s where some of the world's leading money managers are warning the collapse of another american bank could lead to a credit crunch and an economic slowdown constrained lending as a result of stricter banking regulation could stifle credit to the u.s economy at a critical time all right continuing with our business updates is the US dollar losing its dominance as a global currency reserve? Take a look at this uh, next report to see the transition of global central banks over the past year. The world is witnessing a historic transformation of the global financial system as the US dollar is losing its dominance and the role of banks is diminishing. The recent wave of bank failures in the US and other countries has exposed the fragility and vulnerability of the traditional banking system which relies on trust, confidence, and regulation. As more people lose faith in banks and fiat currencies, they are turning to alternative forms of money and payment, such as cryptocurrencies, digital currencies, and peer-to-peer -peer platforms. These innovations challenge the status quo and create a new cashless society system where money is decentralized, digital, and borderless. Today, we will explore the causes and consequences of the bank failures. During discussions surrounding climate change and its impact on our planet, another looming transformation is quietly gaining momentum, the shift toward a cashless society. This transition, coupled with de-dollarization, is poised to reshape our financial systems and everyday interactions with money. Recent events underline the warning that 90% of banks are at risk and the inevitability of a cashless society, all against the backdrop of climate change discourse. Firstly, it's essential to acknowledge the broader context of climate change discussions. While acknowledging the importance of environmental stewardship, it's also crucial to critically evaluate the reports presented by mainstream media. 
Indeed, there's a valid critique of the irony in world leaders championing green energy while engaging in activities that contribute to environmental degradation, such as traveling via private jets. However, there's a more threatening warning from Christine Lagarde, the head of the European Central Bank, ECB. In a video message, Lagarde claims that climate change directly impacts banking and financial systems. She forewarns of the economic repercussions of extreme weather events like floods, droughts and wildfires, labeling them as just a preview of what is to come. This acknowledgement of climate's influence on the economy sets the stage for significant shifts in financial infrastructure. Of particular concern is Lagarde's assertion that the ECB will work towards reducing its carbon footprint in all aspects, including banknotes and banking supervision. This hints at a broader agenda. The vilification of traditional currency and the promotion of a cashless society as a solution to mitigate carbon emissions associated with physical currency. This stance aligns with a broader global trend towards digital currencies and the gradual phasing out of physical cash. The ECB's emphasis on reducing the carbon footprint of banknotes shows a narrative that portrays cash as environmentally detrimental. This narrative paves the way for the normalization of digital transactions and the eventual transition to a cashless society. Moreover, the transition to a green economy poses significant challenges for the banking sector. Frank Elderson, ECB Supervisory Board Vice Chair, acknowledges the inherent risks for banks in this transition. He emphasizes the need for meticulous planning, stating that failing to plan is planning to fail. This sentiment highlights the urgency for banks to adapt to evolving regulatory frameworks and technological advancements in digital banking. However, the transition to a cashless society isn't without its pitfalls. The ECB's analysis reveals that a staggering 90% of banks are at risk due to misalignment with the goals of the Paris Agreement. This highlights the substantial challenges banks face in aligning their credit portfolios with climate goals and avoiding litigation risks associated with climate-related commitments. Furthermore, the push towards a cashless society raises questions about financial inclusivity and data privacy. While digital transactions offer convenience, they also raise concerns about surveillance and exclusion of marginalized communities who lack access to digital infrastructure. The warning of banks at risk and the impending shift towards a cashless society is not just a speculative narrative, it's a tangible reality shaped by climate change imperatives and financial sector adaptations. As we navigate this transition, it's crucial to critically examine the implications for financial stability, environmental sustainability, and societal inclusivity. The cashless society is where physical money such as coins and banknotes is replaced by digital or electronic forms of money and payment such as cryptocurrencies, digital currencies, and peer-to-peer -peer platforms. The cashless society is enabled by the development and adoption of new technologies such as blockchain, smart contracts, biometrics, and mobile devices. The cashless society is driven by the preferences and behaviors of the users who seek convenience, speed, security, and privacy in their transactions. The cashless society is also influenced by the policies and regulations of the governments, which may encourage or discourage the use of cash or alternative forms of money. The cashless society has several advantages. It reduces the cost and the risk of handling, storing, and transporting cash, which can be lost, stolen, damaged, or counterfeited. It increases the efficiency and transparency of the transactions, which can be tracked, verified, and audited more easily and accurately. It also enhances financial inclusion and access to financial services, especially for the unbanked and the underbanked populations, who may not have bank accounts 
credit cards or identification documents. Despite these, the cashless society has other disadvantages. It increases the dependence and vulnerability to the technology, which can malfunction, fail, or be hacked, resulting in data breaches, identity theft, fraud, or cyber attacks. It reduces the privacy and the anonymity of the users, who may be subject to surveillance, tracking, or profiling by the authorities, the corporations, or the hackers, who may access, misuse, or sell their personal and financial data. It also creates the digital divide and excludes some segments of society who may not have the access, skills, or trust to use digital or electronic forms of money and payment, such as older people, people experiencing poverty, or rural populations. But that's not all. It also challenges the sovereignty and the authority of the governments, who may lose control and influence over the money supply, the monetary policy, and the taxation, as more people use alternative forms of money that are decentralized, global, and independent of the state. The cashless society is not a uniform or a static phenomenon, but a dynamic and diverse one that varies across different countries, regions, cultures, and contexts. Some countries, such as Sweden, China, and Kenya, are leading the way in the transition to a cashless society, while others, such as Germany, Japan, and India, are lagging behind or resisting the change. Some forms of money and payment, such as cryptocurrencies, digital currencies, and peer-to-peer -peer platforms, are more prevalent than others, depending on the availability, affordability, usability, and acceptability of the technology and the service. Some users, such as the young, the urban, and the affluent, are more willing and able to adopt the cashless society, while others, such as the old, the rural, and the poor, are more reluctant or unable to do so. The cashless society is not a utopia or a dystopia, but a reality and a possibility that has both benefits and drawbacks, opportunities and risks, for the individuals, the businesses, and the governments. The cashless society is not a foregone conclusion or a predetermined outcome, but a choice and a challenge that requires the awareness, understanding, and participation of all the stakeholders who have the power and the responsibility to shape the future of money and payment. The bank failures that occurred in 2023 and 2024 were the result of a combination of factors, including a bank run. A bank run is a situation where a large number of depositors withdraw their money from a bank, fearing that it might collapse or become insolvent. This creates a liquidity crisis for the bank, as it does not have enough cash or assets to meet the demand. A bank run can be triggered by rumors, panic, or negative news about the bank's financial health or performance. In 2023, two major U.S. banks, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which catered to the tech industry, experienced a bank run as their customers lost confidence in their ability to repay their loans and deposits. This was partly due to the decline in the value of their tech-related assets, such as bonds, stocks, and cryptocurrencies, which were affected by the market volatility and the regulatory crackdown. The bank run spread to other banks, both in the U.S. and abroad, as people feared a contagion effect. Another factor that contributed to bank failures was a rise in interest rates. Interest rates are the cost of borrowing or lending money. They are determined by the supply and demand of money in the market, as well as by the monetary policy of the central bank. In 2023, the U.S. Federal Reserve raised its benchmark interest rate several times in an attempt to curb inflation and cool down the overheated economy. This had a negative impact on the banks, as it increased their cost of funding and reduced their profit margins. It also made it harder for the banks to attract and retain customers, as they had to offer higher interest rates on deposits and charge higher interest rates on loans. Moreover, it reduced the value of the bank's bond holdings as bond prices moved inversely to interest rates.
The third factor that led to bank failure was a decline in in the U.S. where some see fam, we already see that the economy and the money is acting funny, and they trying to get you into this digital thing so they can kind of hold you in captivity still. Because if you have money on the card, don't act right. They take take your money out your card, and you got other people can fix in and tap into your information and steal your money and your resources. And you already heard what he said for the common man and common woman. This is this is not gonna help us out at all. This only gonna help the people, business people, and people who got some money. And for the the wealthy, the wealthy is now rich. I mean, the wealthy now is with the rich, but the wealthy not and then gonna be with the poor when this jump off. So it ain't gonna be like they said. It ain't gonna be no middle. Either you got it or you don't. And most of us don't. We struggling all day, every day, and we don't. So, what's your mindset going to be? Think about it. Put it down. I'm asking y'all a question. And i like to know the answer. What, what would be our mindset for the next go-around if they start this digital currency? Should we roll with it? Should we find another avenue with it? What should we do? Anybody got some suggestions? If so, put your comment below. Peace.
blue ribbon on the seats. You have a shot, let my God and the Prince of Peace. We a nation comprised of kings and priests. We're keeping up a sock and feast and weeks. And my sister sends them out and we've been falling. Views getting that dirty, but they not talk clean. Better answer the phone when it's calling. Spiritual treasure falling like it's falling. Yeah, yeah. Chilling the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm home, chilling, I'm always tuned in to fame. He has the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes, very informative. When I'm home, Chilla, I'm always tuned in for Fade. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Chilla, in the world, I stay tuned to the Fade podcast. It's the hottest message out there. Yeah, so